Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Inside Line Podcast with your host, Dr. Daniel Cameron. In tonight's episode, Dr. Cameron will be discussing uh, the second part of his survey findings entitled Lyme Disease with COVID-19. In this episode, Dr. Cameron will be discussing the case of a 16-year-old girl and a 28-year-old woman with a history of Lyme disease who contracted uh, a COVID infection. So good night, good evening, Dr. Cameron. Thank you for joining us. And thank you, Darlene, for leading the discussion. And can you tell me a, a little bit about the, these uh, patients? Well, let's start with the first case. So you have a 16-year-old girl who had a tick bite, erythema migraine rash, Bell's palsy, and a swollen knee. And she happened to have five Western blot bands, IgG Western blot bands. So she seemed to have every criteria according to... Uh, her survey for Lyme disease, but she had been sick for five years. And along the way, they also said, well, she had chronic fatigue and post-treatment Lyme disease syndrome. That's a word uh, they use if they don't want to treat any further or don't think there's any further treatment uh, that would be effective. But she was treated for three years with oral and intravenous antibiotics and supplements. So she's in this pandemic, she's 16, and she reports being chronically ill from Lyme disease. She wasn't being treated during that time she, uh, she came down with COVID. So COVID, uh, they diagnosed her by nasal swab. She wasn't hospitalized, but you know, with her COVID, you know, remember she's 16, she had fever, fatigue, headaches, and some limitations due to her illness. And she had been sick for a month. So she thought that her tick-borne illness made the acute COVID worse. And she developed long COVID. Now, this is one of the things we found in this study is that one out of five people when in the survey who had Lyme, then had COVID, developed the long COVID. And of course that gets to be challenging because if we look at uh, the symptoms that she had with, you know, after her COVID, they were the things you typically see with Lyme disease. The worst symptoms were fatigue, low energy, need more sleep, uh, troubles with awakening, discomfort with light and sound, visual clarity issues, trouble focusing, you know, hot and cold sensations, rapid heartbeat, feeling irritable, feeling panicky, anxious, and worried. So in this case, uh, she had all the cognitive issues, the psych issues or, or neuropsych issues, sensory issues. And, and so in practice, this is the same presentation that I might see with Lyme patients who, who don't uh, have COVID. And so her burden of symptoms using this GSQ score was high. In fact, it was higher than uh, people with uh, post, uh, post-treatment Lyme disease syndrome and traumatic brain injury. So this case just highlights a girl who um, had plenty of problems with Lyme, plenty of problems uh, with COVID. And now uh, in my practice, I would have a hard time knowing what was long COVID and uh, what was uh, 
uh, residual from Lyme disease. You also had another uh, a, another respondent who's 28 year old woman who had a similar experience. Yeah, we had um, in this survey of uh, 1,168 pa patients or individuals with Lyme, 288 had a history of Lyme and contracted a COVID infection. So this is a, a second case that I wanted to highlight just for discussion. She's uh, 28 with a swollen knee, plenty of exposure. Her Lyme test was positive for only a few bands. Now she was ill for 12 years. She was sick since the age of 16. And somebody had also told her that she had chronic fatigue. Treated with eight, with eight months of oral antibiotics and magnesium. And she was chronically ill at the time of the survey. So just like the first, uh, the first 16 year old, she was chronically sick uh, during this pandemic and was not being treated. Now in her case, um, she was not hospitalized, but for 14 days, she reported being very weak, had a hard time doing daily tasks. She had a broad range of symptoms like stomach troubles, lethargy, headache, shortness of breath, inability to exercise and tightness. And the ER did a, an evaluation and found she had a low oxygen. So they sent her home with an inhaler and she was sick for 14 days. So she also described long COVID. And once again, you get all these symptoms that we typically see in Lyme disease, like POTS, which is an autonomic situation where the lightheaded, fast heart rate, you know, visual issues, um, seizure-like activity, racing heart, all kinds of um, cognitive problems, uh, anxiety problems. And so she also um, had troubles with critical thinking or driving. And she would continue to get one or two episodes a week, lasting 10 to 20 minutes. So once again, if you look at all of the symptoms and you could read the blog and you'd find that, boy, it'd be a hard time to telling uh, again, what is long COVID and uh, what is Lyme disease. And so both of these cases uh, really illustrate that yes, you can have Lyme, that yes, you can have uh, COVID and, uh, and it gets into like, well, what, what does one expect uh, when you're already sick uh, or have been sick if you get COVID? So that's where you get into the, uh, uh, into the meat of this uh, survey. So now you had mentioned that one, one in five individuals who had Lyme disease and then developed COVID actually developed kind of long-term symptoms. Yeah, the, the long COVID, um, lots of times uh, uh, that can occur. But in this case, yes, one in five developed it. And uh, this is frustrating because uh, they're not uh, typically healthy if you have a history of Lyme. So this is a layer of symptoms on top of Lyme disease. So we looked at um, what's the GSQ score, which is the overall symptom burden, and they're high with Lyme, but they're even higher when uh, they uh, contract, uh, uh, contract COVID. And so uh, 
one of the frustrations with the, somebody with Lyme who gets COVID is, is a long COVID, but they also have a, uh, worsening symptoms. And lastly, they're, they're, uh, they, some of them are hospitalized. So of the 288 individuals who had a history of Lyme disease and COVID-19, you found that, um, that they had several common symptoms would appear. Can you talk a little bit about those? Yeah, I asked, um, you know, your typical, what is your, what is your level of shortness of breath? Because that's seen as the dominant issue in uh, someone who has COVID and loss of smell, loss of taste. So I asked these patients, uh, or these individuals with Lyme disease, uh, what's your experience as someone with, with uh, uh, history of Lyme? And yes, uh, one out of five uh, had shortness of breath, but also one out of five had long COVID. So as many people have shortness of breath also had long COVID. And actually the, uh, loss of smell and taste uh, was less common uh, and then, uh, than even the shortness of breath and long COVID. Uh, but they were still uh, important findings, even in people who have Lyme disease. And I found that rather interesting because there's often some kind of changes in smell and taste, even in someone with Lyme. So what through all of that details is that long COVID ended up being on this list. The pneumonia clotting disorders were very uncommon. Did you have many of these individuals or were many of these individuals uh, hospitalized or was did not become that extreme? Well, of the 288 people uh, that had Lyme and contracted COVID, 20 were hospitalized, which is about 7%. That may be a little higher than the uh, percentage of hospitalized patients with other diseases or healthy people. Of those 20 that were hospitalized, 12 needed oxygen, supplemental oxygen, um, but three were hospitalized and put on high invasive ventilation or high flow oxygen devices. So it's, uh, yes, uh, if you get uh, COVID on top of uh, history of Lyme, you can be hospitalized. And so it's, you know, everybody's different. We don't have the whole hospital records, but it's, it's a, it's an important outcome and it can happen. So what, what, do you, what would you say the, the takeaway is from these two cases and, and the other cases that are similar to these? Well, we're, we're so focused in on uh, side effects of the vaccine um, and, uh, you know, and that's important. And that will be the subject of the part three and part four of this, uh, of this series, but, this study, this survey points out that there's also uh, uh, outcomes to consider if you uh, contract if you contract COVID. Three things that popped out in this survey. One is that the burden of symptoms, that is how sick you are, is worse, significantly worse. The second issue was that you can get long COVID. And the third issue is you could get hospitalized. So when you're trying to weigh the risk of the vaccine, this tells you in a survey design, you also have to take count of the risk of actually getting, getting COVID-19. And so I think that, uh, you know, what, what I find in practice, you know, I'm always asked, 
well, what does it mean? Or how, how what are the risks? Uh, what will happen to me? And uh, certainly if you're already sick with Lyme, it doesn't help to be sick on top of it, but it's still a, an important event. People are getting through it, uh, but not always so well. Now in the, in the next episode, you'll be talking a little, you'll be providing a little more findings on this survey, it, focusing in on the side effects, right, of, uh, of the COVID-19 vaccine in this patient population. Yeah, one thing about the survey is that it allows a broad range of individuals with Lyme to share their experience. And so I appreciated so much how much work went into doing the survey. You know, in fact, the survey is still open. So if you have any extra energy, it would be so useful to uh, fill out that survey and share your experience. And you also uh, are open to fill in uh, and some comments and questions uh, in uh, the section below this uh, video blog on this topic. But uh, all I can say is that the next uh, two parts address what happened with people who took the vaccine. And part four is, well, those who didn't take the vaccine, what were their concerns? Why did they not take the vaccine or why were they hesitant to take the vaccine? And it gives you a better sense of, uh, of, of what people with Lyme disease uh, have in mind when they, when they look at the vaccine. Well, thank you so much for, uh, for joining us this evening and, and talking a little bit about this. And we look forward to the, to the next episode and learning some more about other findings from the survey. And thank you, Darlene. For anybody who would like to learn more about these findings and get some more information on the survey and additional findings, you can visit Dr. Daniel, you can visit uh, Dr. Daniel Cameron's website at danielcameronmd.com. Thank you, everyone.